Here we go. Hang on a sec. <clears throat> okay. Ring ding 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 ding. La 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 fa 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 fa. <laughs> it's a Christmas extravaganza. This is it. This is the Christmas extravaganza. It it's it's happy holidays. Uh, thank you, buddy. You too. I'm not going to see you for like a long time now. It's going to be uh we have a week apart. <sighs> I have sadness. I don't like that. <sighs> we can get through this. Yeah. We should get through this by talking about journalism. (laughs) I can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, Oh, God help us. (laughs) 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 Mm, Yeah. 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 Oh, little doggy. Journalism. Yeah. We're not even there yet. We haven't even done the intro. I know. Ugh. Should I just do the intro and let's do it? You're not going to let me sing Marky Mark? Uh, yeah, do it. I think people, I think the people <laughs> come on, deserve to hear. It. Yeah. Mm. Come on, swing it. Uh. Come on. Now I got stage fright. No. I don't even you know. You can do it. You, I just pulled you've the already up. done it tonight. Mm, I did it for you. It was a special, uh, <laughs> That's a special private? one-man show. <laughs> we can't share that with others? <laughs> Our listeners will be disappointed, Chris. I'm telling you. You think they so? They don't know what they're missing. Yes. I heard it. It's delightful. Can you give me a little uh, bow, 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 bow? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. See? Come on. Cold read. Let's go. Bow, 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 bow. Yo, it's about that time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme. I'm gonna let my see. I can't even do it. It just oh, fell apart. Dude, you had it so solid. It, it can't fell apart. You know, I was you trying did, to think. You did get stage fright. That's I'm no. I'm no M. I was trying to think as I was reading through it how I would work journalism into the lyrics. I was looking for a place to. <laughs> you just gotta yeah. play it straight, see, dude. I, you can't change it up. I got. On the I got fly. no. I got no flow. Who are you? Will I am? Mm. I'm going to get mine, so get yours. I want to see journalism come out your pores. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. Even that's tough to get out. It is. I want to see journalism coming out your pores. Oh, oh, it's going to come out of my pores all right. Mm. It's been coming out my pores for a week. <sighs> all right. Shall I get us in there? Do it, man. Swing it. Yeah. Come on, swing it. Hello and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a category on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Brian Apui and Chris Rump, and this week we're talking about what we back in the journalism category. Chris, we, uh, we're here. <laughs> I, got, I got four <laughs> words. Okay. This category is whack. <laughs> this is... You know... Our listeners might get the impression that we're a bunch of whining complainers because I feel like, <laughs> with very few exceptions, we've complained loudly and strongly about the categories that we've been faced with. I think we're using Kickstarter wrong. Okay. I, 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 I don't know if Kickstarter is <laughs> meant to be explored in the way we do it. Like, with the width and depth of it, well, just we like, need to... Yeah, yeah, having to go into a category and must, let the must, the intention to find something and back it. Mm. Um, but that's because we're stronger than ordinary humans. We're doing this for we're, the people. We're capable of this. Yeah, we can do this. Just maybe not in this category. <laughs> it, did you... You found something, right? I found something. I, I, I did do the needful. Um, exactly. So... We might complain. We might I got, bellyache. I admit I held off till the very last moment, hoping <laughs> that either <laughs> you would uh, give a reprieve and say we don't really have to do this, or yeah. maybe um, something like would rise up at the last moment mm-hmm. and be great. Um, I mean, in the end, I'm. I found okay. a lot to say about yeah, and I'm 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 proud what okay. I um I backed, but. Um, 
boy, I mean, how many projects were there? About 35 at the end. Okay, yeah. And I think when I started looking a week ago, there were about 39. Yeah. Um, and we, maybe that was our problem. We were like, surely something else will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> mm, maybe not. Yeah, I just kept holding on, waiting and waiting. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that pays off, right? Yeah. It's like Bitcoin. <laughs> sometimes if you buy in it, $3,000 and people call you crazy and it goes up to 20000 And then sometimes, like in the journalism category, it goes up to 20000 and it drops right back down to, to 10, 11, 13. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I even made a note. I just saw here that, yeah, when I looked, there were 36 total projects, um, or at least when I last looked, and only right. three of those 36 had yeah. met their phone funding goals at 100%. Oh, yeah. And many of them, I didn't catch that number, but we're still sitting at 0% funded. And that's just because mm-hmm. you can't search for zero. <laughs> but there were so many no. that like everyone was just looking at them going, hmm, nah, yeah, not, not interested at all. Here's the other thing I found. like Every time I was scrolling through the journalism list, I would finally see a project title that resonated with me. I was like, oh, you know, I realized... <laughs> Like oh this is this is great and then the, then the realization dawned that I was past the You'd set scrolled out yeah the mm-hmm. currently active projects and I was into the listings that had already closed and had been funded so I've 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 played that game before and I've since learned to always turn on the live projects and the filters before I even start yeah because I I don't like. I don't like running into situations like that where I'm like, oh, yes. And then I'm like, oh, that closed in 2012 or something. <laughs> I know. So the one I hit, like you scroll past and um, it was Empires of Eve, a history of the great wars of Eve online. And I Damn. saw that and I was like, oh, man, I remember from a couple of years ago, there was a project just like this. It sounded <laughs> super amazing. And I was just like getting ready to click and I clicked into it and started looking at it and I looked for the pledge button and I was like, oh, come on, this is that project. <laughs> like, you got it. And that was an amazing one. Like, it was mm-hmm. about, um, I mean, that was the exact type of campaign I've been yearning for. And sure. And I don't know if you even ever saw that campaign, but it I was, didn't know. It was about all the. Just the all the craziness of Eve. Yeah, like the how human societies participate in a digital world and all the emergent gameplay that came out of Eve Online mm-hmm. and all the backstabbing and subterfuge oh, yeah. that took place outside of the game. I find that a fascinating little slice of life anyway. So seeing a a, a well done treatise or discussion of all of the crazy types of things that have gone on in that world would be really interesting so yeah oh well well before we dive too deep into journalism uh let's do the rounds of the random stuff in crowdsourcing have you found anything for this fortnight i did i think i found more stuff just randomly around the crowdfunding scene because i almost became more (laughs) interested in that than what was going on in the journalism (laughs) space uh but the biggest thing I found was this article that was published um, at several different outlets. Um, We'll put one of the many ones in in the show notes. But it was about this D.C. businessman that was sued. And he was being (laughs) sued because the the allegations were that he had spent over $100,000 of his crowdfunding (laughs) money on just different things like bars, restaurants, clothing stores, visits to museums. Uh, and other things. So it's pure fraud. Yeah, That's exactly. What it is. It's pure fraud. Yeah, this guy had a Kickstarter for what is it? Uh, a, an advanced running shirt, right? Right. A high performance athletic shirt. Yeah, that that project and, wasn't actually mentioned in the article, but I had to do some sleuthing, and ah, I think I think I found it and dug it up. It was okay. Uh, oh, that, that's exactly it. Civil, uh, the businessman behind Civil Incorporated, Willer Simmons. Yeah, had this active wear <laughs> shirt. And if you go look at the comments, too, people are like, Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, no. What happened to our product, dude? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he pulled in $284,000 to bring this athletic shirt to market, right? For th- how many backers was it? 
3,600 backers. <laughs> yeah. So and an original goal he of $25,000 raised yeah. almost $300,000. Never and delivered. decided to spend a hundred grand on restaurants and bars. <laughs> Ballsy. <laughs> I'm really curious to find out what happens on this one, right? This goes to the whole thing about what the accountability is and how liable he is for, I mean, it, to, to you and I, I assume we look at this and say, yep, fraudulent. Mm. He's going to, he's going to burn. Right. But it will really be up to the course to decide how that plays out. I assume yeah. what was the contract? What was he legally required to do with that money? That's right. And I guess Ooh. I wonder too, if it gets settled out of court somehow, we may never know how this shakes out. Oh man, I really hope so. That would, yeah, that would be kind of disappointing to to know because yeah, like uh, there are no guarantees when you put your money behind something on Kickstarter. Nope. What about the two people that pledged over a thousand dollars for forty shirts? That's gotta hurt a little. Oh yeah. Mm. So it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how it how it plays out. One com- one commenter on Kickstarter said. Basically, a hundred and ten dollars donation to un- unethical guys, <laughs> which I don't think yeah. you can argue, argue too much with that. If you take a bunch of money and then you just kind of go radio silent, and the next thing you know, you're seen spending money around town at bars and other institutions. Yeah, yeah, it does seem quite dishonest. A little bit, so. dude. Did you see the one man band? I did. Mamacita, guys. I, I thought of you when I saw band. that because you've been playing guitar. Oh, so this is a an active project. It's one of the projects we love. You can tell because it's got the little white, almost invisible thing on it. <laughs> it's raised three hundred and three thousand dollars. There's thirty six days to go. From what I can tell, a digital interface that provides. MIDI connectivity, an accompanying band in real time, allowing you to play additional instruments like the the video showed them playing like violins and other things, violin sounds, I, I imagine through MIDI and through the synth uh, from any guitar. They showed it hooked up to electric guitars, to acoustic guitars. It provides recording. It provides all kinds of stuff. Oh, this looks really sexy. I like it a lot. And MIDI interfaces have been around for a while for guitars, but this is fairly inexpensive. It's what is it for the 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 yeah, the OMB upgrade kit for upgrade your guitar with an OMB upgrade kit for 149 bucks. That's pretty decent. <laughs> Yeah, and they have other levels down below that have like acoustic guitars or electric guitars with that technology built into it. Yeah. But if you've got the guitar you love, the feel of, you're familiar with it, you can grab this upgrade kit, slap this. <laughs> I don't even know how you explain it. It's like a piece of. It looks it's... a little bit like a Wi Fi hotspot. Yeah, you just put a Wi Fi <laughs> hotspot over your bridge. On your guitar. Yeah. And uh, the interface that they've created uh, is for. Android and iOS devices, and it allows you to control the electronics of the thing. But man, I'm I'm very impressed. I'm supremely tempted, to be honest. And they did a good job uh, with their campaign video too. If you watch that, the I think the delight of the people that are trying it out mm-hmm. when you see them experience it for the first time, you know, and they hear, I guess the the backing instrumentation that comes along with what they're playing, like it recognizes the the cording or the key they're in the the style they're playing and it it fills instrumentation to to support that and like you yeah. see the delight on their face i think that's what kind of sells it right you're like oh man oh, yeah. that would be really fun yeah and it's interesting technology it says it's patented and it looks like it's using capacitive and inductive technology to detect the strings rather than just detecting the pitches that are produced and it's interesting because in the video they show them playing what they call one-handed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you I, saw that I part, did. but they're fretting chords with their left hand and not strumming in any way, but the accompaniment is changing based on the chord shapes that they're forming, right? And so they're playing like a C major and the entire band switches over to a C major type of of accompaniment. So 
Uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. I dig it. Christmas <laughs> <laughs> might might be too late, but doggone it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's not going to close for another thirty something days, so I can't get it for Christmas. But oh well. So the other one I found that I was kind of excited about was the uh, the Rayo, which they they pin as the ultimate mm. bicycle tail light. And so this project is well past funded to $40,000 on a $10,000 goal now with 541 backers today, still 29 days to go. So still a month almost. So this will push out into 2018 and it's a $44 light. I think I saw, yeah, the pledge is $44 or more to get a single light, which sounds a little bit expensive for like a tail light on a bicycle, but Hmm. The thing they're coming in with, the the value add they have is that it's got smarts, Brian. This thing is okay. intelligent. So it's got strong LEDs. It's super bright. And it's got all this cool technology built into it. Like it, it tracks motion with a three-axis accelerometer and three-axis gyroscope so that it monitors you as you ride, which you huh. think like, okay, wh- what's it going to do with that, right? So using that data, your taillight it will break for you. So it will detect if you're slowing down rapidly and automatically like switch to a brighter brake light. And it also, like if you have multiple riders in a group that are using these, it can sync blinking patterns between all your riders, which is pretty neat too. So, Oh, I just saw that. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's really neat. So super, I think that was innovative. And I think it also said it had something about like it can notify you if your bike is being tampered with. So I'm you looking could, at that right now. You could lock your and bike I'm somewhere. Really wondering how that's supposed to play out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I because don't know. It what... says it's using Bluetooth low energy. So unless the thief is trying to steal it while you're 15 feet away, right? You're like at a cafe. Um, it's on the other yeah. side of the fence next to you on a on a, okay. on a post or something. All right. But yeah, the, the, the two that, things like cool. the ones I really liked was. I liked that it's a quality light that it has strong LEDs, but the accelerometer gyroscope stuff where it applies the brake lights for you without you having to have, you know, any yeah. thing, any additional magnets hooked up to your wheels and that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. So it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's rad. I will say it still would not have saved me from breaking my pelvis, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything in the world that would have said, except maybe, like a Michelin man self-inflating body pillow. Like the ostrich pillow? Yeah, maybe that <laughs> Oh, God. Maybe a little different than that. <laughs> maybe that'll be their next project. Okay. A self-deploying yeah. uh, waistband that will prevent hip injuries. So, Chris. Yeah. You know I want a drone. We talked about your uh, your desire for a drone. Yeah, I, I really want, I want a drone. I, just, I want a drone too, dude. <sighs> Did you see this drone? There's a drone. The uh, 4K selfie drone? The 4K selfie drone. It's got to be 4K. Pitta. Yeah, the Pitta Transformative Autonomous 4K Selfie Drone. It's a little bitty thing. It that they, they show it. It's actually smaller than the palm of your hand. It would fit in the palm of your hand. It's a spherical little thing, and then it's got little poppy out things that oh yeah so it it the the nacelles that the engines are on or the <laughs> the nacelles right uh-huh. that, it's a fair enough description of them they 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 kind of pop on and then away it goes and they show it doing follow mode and other kinds of advanced come back home and auto landing and auto follow and orbit around you so it's actually Kind of cool. I'm a little nervous about it. I, I assume. Oh, I'm super nervous about it. This is one of those things where I, I wonder if they're going to be going to a bar and spending $100,000 on the money afterwards. You know, you just never know. And it feels a little too good to be true, especially for the types of advanced technologies. You know, computer vision in order to do follow me and stuff like that is non-trivial. And it just feels... I, I think I would trust a full-blown manufacturer for something like this over a Kickstarter. Is that is that bad of me? Do I need to... I feel the same way. I mean, okay. when, when I think about drones, and if I was going to get into the drone game, 
the first name that comes to mind is DJI. Yeah. Right. They've got oh yeah a family of drones that are already industry vetted. Professionals are using them. Amateurs are using them. Yeah. Um, they've even got that insurance plan. Yes. Like, uh, Did you look it up? No, I didn't. But you told me about it, and yeah. it sounded it's like Apple Care for your drone. It is about the same price too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I just sort of feel like I, I, I they have my trust that I yeah. would look there first, and that's not to say that Pitta, you know, can't get there, but it's just not the sort of thing that I'm willing to throw a few hundred dollars behind on on Kickstarter and hope for the best, right? Yeah. I prefer a proven track record to even because that's the thing, right? They're they're pitching this as a fully featured autonomous drone for what is it, $280 and the the DJI Mavic Pro, which I assume is or which one would you think? The smaller one? What's the smaller one? I forget what the smaller one is yeah, there's called. There's the Phantom that's the big one, the Mavic, and the Spark, I think is the tiniest one. Yeah, the one. Spark. How much is the Spark? Is it still... I'm just going to throw a number. I think it's around 500 bucks. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're trying to pitch this as half price for the same type of technology, right? And that's fine, but I... <laughs> and as a Kickstarter, so when it comes to market, this thing may, may well cost more. Sure. But yeah, that's part of it, right? You're getting in at the Kickstarter value early bird thing where you can get more value for your money, but I, it makes me nervous. Not going to do it. Yeah. It's at the same time, I hope they succeed and I hope they succeed wildly. The idea of something that's the size of what, maybe like a baseball Yep. that you can just pull your, like you said, nacelles out. And I mean, the, the portability for this thing would be really cool. Yeah. I guess it has some questions, too, about what quality of camera does it have in it. Yeah, it says 4K, mm. but, yeah, you know, the, the resolution that something captures at is not the whole story. The, the mm. quality of the optics, the, yep. the size of the sensor, the size of your aperture, what kind of light do you need to shoot in? I mean, there are a lot I'm of... Sing it. Gosh. There are a lot of 1080p or even 4K products out there today that when you look at them, you're just like, that looks like garbage. Think about um, some <laughs> yeah. of like the home security cameras that you see touted. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this is a 1080p camera, and people buy them, and they're like, this looks like trash. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's the same yeah. kind of argument that you have with megapixels as well, right? Sure. You keep trying to push that number, and it's like, yeah, you know, a lot of times a, a camera just with a larger sensor and better glass, even if it has lower megapixels, it's going to yep. produce a quality, a much better quality result. So, anyways, that's not to say that the Pitta doesn't have great optics. Um, I think it'll just, the time will tell once these things get out to market and people get their hands on them. Yep. And so, but yeah, I do wish them well. I think it's a really neat looking product. And I mean, it's just, it's really just a vision of things to come. You know, everything keeps getting miniaturized. These kind Mm -hmm. of things are going to be with us sooner than later. So, that's cool. So, you need one, Brian. Yeah, I still... Yeah, I know. I still see, you know, the things the size of a dragonfly at some point that'll still have a 4K camera in them and 32 gigs of storage and and fly at 45 miles an hour. I I we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I've seen the one I, that like yeah, it's like the size it. of your palm that you're supposed <laughs> to be able to just take out of your pocket and throw out. It'll zoom out maybe six feet. And then yeah. follow you as a little selfie drone. I mean, that stuff. Gonna... Wasn't that another Kickstarter? I think because I remember that one being. I was hyphy for that. Yeah, I wonder whatever happened with that. I don't know. I think I'll take that on as homework because that was intriguing because it was tailored toward the outdoor space, right? They they were up on a mountaintop mm-hmm. and they toss it up in the air and have it follow them while they were trail running. And I was like, ooh, I could take that out to the trail and have it follow me and I could, you know, become a trail vlogger, but it, I don't know what came of it. Now I need to find out. And now you're going to be an RV blogger. You damn right. I am <laughs> bring it to the people. As soon man. as I get my drone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what else do we find? Um, Oh, the sound reactive mask. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I think it looks ridiculous. It does, but I, I kind of want it. <laughs> I really do. You want you want to yeah. raise your raver game? I do. I, I've never been to a rave. We'll never go to one. Oh, man. But 
I see it and it just looks really, really cool. Yeah. So should I get the Obama mask? Hey, man, there are many. Can to I choose pull from. that off? So what we're talking about is these uh, sound. <laughs> did we already say sound reactive LED no. masks. So I think it actually is just what it sounds like. It is a uh, a mask that is constructed with LEDs and. They have these line drawings of different, whatever, Artwork. concepts, art. So some are, whether as Brian mentioned, there's the picture of Obama uh, in line art. There's a fox, a panther, panther, jaguar, maybe. Jaguar. The Grizzlight. Yeah, the Grizzlight. The Duke. The Wildcat. The one that I really liked was the stretch goal for the Sugar Skull. That is pretty cool. So it's actually, a, yeah, this is a, a human face size mask that you can wear over your visage and it strobes in time with music that's being played around it it looks i think it's pretty cool it looks cool i can't imagine i would have too much use for it in my daily life <laughs> i mean maybe i could wear it to work but i still think it's a really cool concept you should wear it during conference calls <laughs> <laughs> have it activating on the sounds yeah that would be delightful or maybe I would start going to more raves. Yeah. Oh, I could have worn it to some of the concerts. What if I wore that to a concert? Would I get tackled by security? I don't think so, man. Maybe into I'd it. Just be, yeah, I'd just be in there doing it. Maybe I should get one. And they're not bad priced. So the Kickstarter for these things is around, it's, it's in Canadian dollars. It's funny money, but they're around, it converts to around 30, 30-ish dollars US, uh, $35 Canadian. Hmm. So the last thing I found, because it's our Christmas extravaganza. You did good. Thank you. It's the War and Christmas Village Sequels Tabletop Gaming Mini. And it's basically little miniatures that are Christmas-based. So How did <laughs> I'm you not find quite this? sure. Uh, you really want to know? Do I need to admit it? You don't, I you search don't have, for okay. I search for Christmas. So you don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, I search for Christmas. This was the most interesting one I found. So it's a box of tabletop gaming miniatures, including a crossbow wielding Mrs. Claus, a snow swordsman guardian, three Christmas villager zombies, and a zombie horse named Margaret the Mare. <laughs> I don't know what you do with these. I, I guess this fits into an existing tabletop miniature game, perhaps. I think you can create your own. Can you? We should write our own RPG around what we're seeing here. <laughs> I just want to paint them. I don't know what Did I would do with Did you see the Christmas tree ent? Yes. That, that's the best one. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, yeah. yeah I had to find something. It's an ent from a Christmas tree. Oh, they've tree. even got Peter Dinklage down below. What? How did I miss that? <laughs> it's about 55% of the way down the page. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, <laughs> Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. That's what we should have recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with Christmas. It doesn't have to have it. Well, it's because it's in winter. It's the, oh, it is. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. It's the season of Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. My mind is racing just trying to think how I would use these little... <laughs> I've opened up new realms in your brain. Yeah, because I'm trying I to think, it. like, I don't know quite how I would build a nativity set out of these. Hmm, okay. I think you have it in you, though. You can make something of it. I ha Yeah, I have done some good uh, kit bashing or modifications, so. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah, like this guy holding the crossbow. Uh-huh. Pretty. You sure. can make that work for yeah, something. I'm pretty sure I can take the crossbow out and put a little baby in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like it. Are we man. ready to move on to journalism and finally get down to brass tacks? Mm, do we have to? We probably that's what, should. That's we what we're here for. To. No, that's it that, is what we, we're here we for. do have to. That's what we're here for. That's what our listeners pay the money for. That's right. <laughs> Why is that so sad? All right, sad? let's do our mentionable picks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, what'd you find, Chris? <laughs> Why don't you start? <laughs> I think you saw what I put in the show notes. I did. <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing now. Uh. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris laughing until he cries. Yeah. The sideways. There's no mentionable laughing picks. emoji. 
Sorry. Just be glad we backed something, people. <laughs> we did we did the monkey dance for you. Oh, we did it. There were a couple of of uh I think you mentioned this while we were talking about it. Some of these projects, and there weren't a lot. There were 35, 36, 32, 38, somewhere around there during the time that we were looking at projects. And some of them were really bizarre. Or at least it's hard to tell exactly what you got out of them. There's one that I found that uh, was very mm, religious-based. Should we say that? I think that's fair to say. Yeah, and it was a campaign that really said nothing. And it was hard to tell even what you got. So me and Chris dug into a little more. And it looks like you get a copy of a book by the guy that made the campaign. That's fine. But the book was completed in 2015. It exists. You can actually get it on your Kindle today. Why do we need the Kickstarter campaign then at that point? And so whenever you look at why we need the Kickstarter campaign and you look at the goals, help us our achieve our goals of raising funds. Okay, <laughs> that's a good goal. <laughs> I like raising funds. That's a good goal. It is. They want to hear what we've come up with so that they can achieve their goal of raising funds. But what are they going to do with the funds? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. So that, that was one of them that I found, that it was just, mm-mm. Did you have any additional ones that you wanted to discuss? Uh, there were just... <laughs> I know. Yeah. I don't have any in specific I want to call it. There were just so many that were very much that way. Just very little on substance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because of the small number of projects in the whole category that, you know, it doesn't scale. Right. So that you're just, you know, maybe there always is this disparity in quality campaigns versus non-quality campaigns. And mm-hmm. so when you only have... 36-ish projects to look through that you see all the, uh, I hate to say just naked money grab campaigns, but some of them (laughs) really feel that way. Yeah. You know, many of them are, give me some money so I can go live a certain lifestyle. Right. And That, That did, I, you're right. That did creep back in for this category. That's exactly right. A few people in foreign lands that were like, well, we're going to go to additional foreign lands and we'll need this amount to get there and this amount to live there and this amount to uh, interview people and tell you about the things that we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's and there are cool. some that even just didn't really even feel like they had a journalism slant to it at all. Just mm, like, okay. I enjoy doing this thing. Give me some money. <laughs> well, oh, okay. No, I like, no. I like, Sitting in the tub and drinking wine and reading a book, that doesn't mean I need to get paid to do it. <laughs> right. Mm. And then there are some that actually seemed like they were legitimate, but then they just didn't really resonate with me. And that's fine, too. Sure. Yeah. But those are ones that, because they didn't resonate with me, I didn't really feel like they were worth uh, mentioning right. on our show. Because yeah. I couldn't talk about them from a place of like really being excited about them. There's only one other one that I'll I'll bring up, and I won't even mention the the, the name of it. Because I don't feel like calling them out. But it just struck me as funny that the Kickstarter was pitching, help me to reach my goal of writing this novel about this subject that I feel very passionately about. And he definitely made me feel that he felt passionately about it. But the grammar in the campaign was written Uh by mm, not an author, right? Someone that just can't write. And... You know, there's spelling, there's grammatical errors, there's there's whole f- portions of it that were just not <laughs> not written in a way that gave me any confidence that this person should be writing a book. So why on earth, even if I was interested in the content or the topic, why would I want to pay you to write a book about it? Uh, yeah, I think I saw that same one too, but I also feel that <laughs> way about many other ones that were in here. Just yeah. You know, if if you're going to go on Kickstarter and pitch an idea, polish it, put forward yeah. the best possible representation you can. I mean, you got to market sure. it. You got to sell people on the idea. Yep. It just really gets the you get the feeling that so many times people think of Kickstarter as being this place where there's free money and you can just put anything up there and yeah. get funded. And that's 
just not the case. There's so mm. many projects that are just laid by the the wayside, so many failed products because people didn't have a well put together idea. Yeah. Um, or didn't present it well. But then again, that's the that's why Kickstarter is there too. That sure. you have this community of backers that come in and are looking at ideas and ultimately will decide whether they're valid or not by voting with their dollars. Yep. Um, and that's what's interesting at the top of the key when we talked about the project where people did back that shirt, that activewear shirt. I mean, people backed that in mass. And oh, yeah. it didn't come to fruition. So what what did yeah. the community not see there when they were putting their dollars toward that product? Mm-hmm. Or was it just marketed so well that it felt like a, a tangible, realistic thing? And then it didn't come through. The guy went off and <laughs> blew, blew it all at <laughs> the bars. Yeah. So... So speaking of voting with our dollars, yes, shall we do it? I think we should. Yeah. Do you want to lead us off this time? All right. So yeah, I did back something. I was in the end pretty excited about this, believe it or not. Um, I kind of relied on Kickstarter, like the whole community yeah. on this one, that there are over a hundred other backers that are standing behind the project and mm-hmm. in total have contributed now over $20,000 to it. And this project's now currently standing at over 120% of their goal and still have yeah. 11, 11 days to go. This was also, I think, uh, tagged as one of those projects we love in Kickstarter, poor CSS and all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping it's not just the herd mentality that got me involved here. So maybe I was just in the Christmas spirit and decided I had to back something, but no, no, this is a really uh, a great project. So the project is called add, add women, a a d d a d women, add, add women. And the fundamental argument that the creators of this project are putting forth and then trying to break down is, and I'm, I'm going to quote from their campaign video, quote, mm-hmm. there are no female creatives. Unquote. So obviously that's just not true. But it's easy to believe that like phrases or or ideas like that have been uttered and put forward before when agencies that just keep hiring male creatives time after time are confronted with mm-hmm. questions about hiring women. So in broad strokes, Ad Women is a project by Lena Franzen and Johanna Johansson to help raise the visibility of female creators. So did you get a chance to see this one? I did, Okay. So the project has its roots in a website they launched back in 2016 called creatorskivnor.se. Nice. And I'm sure that's not correct. Our Swedish listeners will let us know. Creatorskivnor. Yeah. Okay. There's an umlaut. Is that an umlaut? There are I think two so. dots over an O. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. But <laughs> so back in 2016, uh, these ladies had concerns. They were frustrated by seeing the lack of female creatives that were being hired in Sweden by ad agencies. And they, they were going to do something about it. And they launched this website. And it was a portal that Swedish female creators could use to register and let agencies out there use the website as a hiring resource. And their platform saw uh, success right away. It launched with something like 100 women, and then it increased fivefold within 24 hours just on word of mouth alone. And it just continued to build from there. So now they're on Kickstarter, and they're trying to take this concept globally. And ultimately, they've got the goal of increasing employment or engagement of creative women and trying to do so, like, trying to promote them in front of ad ad agencies and production companies. And like I said, they want to take it global so that this is in countries and markets around the world. Hmm. So let me, let me just use a few words from their campaign to make sure I'm conveying the whole story. So quoting again, the the global ad women project will enable any female creative to sign up to the register, regardless of where they are operating. The professions categorized will be extended covering everything from copywriters, art directors, and designers to directors, account managers, and developers, just to mention a few. This way, employers all over the world will have the opportunity to search for the competence they are missing locally, and women in the industry will always have a counter-argument to anyone opposing equal recruitment. And so when I read that, um, 
what I see this portal, this ad women web portal aiming to do is that they're trying to one advertise their skills. So women skills, right? Two, they're trying to build community. Okay. Three, they're trying to help women find role models. Mm-hmm. And then four, advertise to these agencies to help them find and hire female talent. And the project funds donated here are going to go to the development and support of this website. Cool. So, I don't know, it sounded like a neat project. It is. And I think you and I both have become more aware of that disparity in our own work environments too, right? Mm-hmm. Because we were at that one, you remember the training session out at the airport that we took and we had one female show up, right? And the, you remember the touchy feely seminar that we had? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And, and that was fairly stark and it's happened multiple times where, we all find ourselves, we look around and it's like, if we're a bunch of dudes. Mm-hmm. There's literally no females here. We've got, I think it's improved. I won't, I guess I won't say considerably, but there are significantly more in our workplace now. And I think it's been a positive effect on everything. But man, whenever we started off, there was just nothing, at least not in the technical or leadership roles, right? Yep. Um, so, huh? Good on that. A lot of big companies. I do find it. Yeah, go I was going to say just a lot of companies too, as you were mentioning. There's been a lot more focus on this, especially in recent years, and for the better. I think sure. even companies like Apple. You keep seeing some criticism for them about their keynotes every um, mm, every yeah. year about how many how many people of uh, how much diversity do they have, how many people of color, or how many women do they have on stage, and you know, like this kind of stuff is going to. I think the awareness is great and it's going to, it can't happen overnight too, right? Because if you've hired in the past a bunch of white dudes that are your, your C-levels, your executive staff, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just go in there, especially if people are doing a good job and fire them all wholesale just to bring in diversity, right? It has to happen over time that when there are yeah. openings that you you open the market to, you know, not just Whoever's. hiring the same old, yeah, same old, same old, yeah. that you want to hire great talent, you want to hire the best talent, but you want to make sure that you're casting it at wide enough that you give everyone an opportunity. Yeah. Um, so I think the companies cool. being conscious of that and trying to bring, um, you know, new blood into the fold is, is hopefully, um, hopefully going to get better. And yeah. so I was excited about this. I do have, I hate to say it, a couple of criticisms about the campaign. Sure. Yeah. And I kind of jotted those down, too. I would have loved to have seen actual data, just actual research and metrics about employment of women in these fields. It's not because I you don't, don't doubt believe, that their yeah, I don't are doubt true. that the claims are true. That's a great way to put it. It's just I think that the data could have helped further illustrate the issue and sure. make the campaign stronger. Yeah, absolutely. And then second, um, I just would have loved to have seen some testimonials about the effectiveness of the previous website. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, neither of those criticisms or or like criticisms about the aims or goals of the project. They're specifically about the way the campaign itself was presented. And kind of going back to what we were just talking about, I think this is the kind of thing where women can read this campaign pitch and immediately just have resonance with it. Say, so, you know, I've been in this situation or I've talked with my my yeah. colleagues and have, have seen this. I've faced it. But men reading this might need to have additional hand holding you know, and and be confronted with the factual data and and see this issue for what it, you know, what it truly is. So I just would have loved to have seen that a little bit. Yeah, no, those are good criticisms. Yeah, and like I said, this I uh, the only thing I would say was it doesn't feel very much like a journalism <laughs> campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was my last thing. I was like, what does this project have to do with journalism? Because I was talking with my wife about it. And she said the same thing. She was like, well, what's the journalistic angle here? So I feel like in some ways I cheated (laughs) is that I found and backed the project inside of journalism that has nothing to do with journalism. Yeah. (laughs) I think I gained gained the system. You did, but they did too. So I I can't blame you entirely. I mean, you have a little bit of blame and you should probably, you should probably back something else just to, just to make it good. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Well, you can back what I backed. 
Yeah. Well, I just, let's just close up. I just want to say congratulations to Lena and Johanna on just a great idea and a successful yeah. campaign. So I wish them Trying smooth sailing. The, the world better. And hope they have a lot of success going forward. So well done, ladies. Yeah. All right. So Very good. you actually backed a journalism thing. I did. Or, well, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yes. What I backed was the Just the Facts podcast and vlog. This is a new perspective podcast and vlog that is an, quote, an effort to combine investigative journalism and good taste in philosophy and literature into a podcast vlog. They've talked about what their first episodes are planned out to be, and that's pretty much what sold me on it because I was like, eh, I could listen to that. Um, sex Dolls, The Ethics of Perversion, Invention, and Disgust. Yeah. Okay. An interesting... Is that a Kickstarter category? Uh, I don't know. Combating Homelessness in Atlanta. The Philosophy of Drug Abuse. How Drug Addicts React to Hegel, Kierkegaard, and Sartre. That could be interesting. Uh, the Art of the Novel. Milan Kundera and GSU's Creative Writing Collective. And then What Creatives Are Saying About the Inner Life Reactions to Carl Jung. So, I don't know. It felt like... The type of thing, you know, it's more of an intellectual exploration of how philosophy intersects with actual life. And I thought that that, eh, you know what, that might make for a compelling listen if it's done correctly and made entertaining and thought provoking. So I figured, what the heck, I'll, I'll back these guys and see if they can't reach their goal. I've already heard from them. They, they thanked me for my backing and are a little pessimistic about reaching their goals since I'm I'm standing not quite alone. There's one other fellow that backed with me so far, and they've got eight days to go. So they might not reach their goal, but I think they're going to go ahead with this anyway. Uh, like you and I, we didn't kickstart our mm -hmm. podcast, and here we are. But uh, that that's what I decided to back in the journalism category, and I'm I'm content with it. Yeah, I saw their project too and thought, they just seem like uh, kindred spirits, maybe. Oh, yeah. A couple of people out there trying to, to do a podcast <laughs> slash vlog. Yeah. Are we doing it wrong? Mm -hmm. should, we be, should we be vlogging, too? Yeah. I am recording you, actually. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Is that the secret camera you have hidden here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the outtakes will be up later for all of our <laughs> fans to view. At least I have pants on. <laughs> I can't say the same, <laughs> but yeah. So I've, I, I, I felt okay about that. Now, do uh, they have any material up? I mean, I know they have the episode list. Have you seen just, like, have they done no, any they, recording I, I yet? Went, no, I went to their website and they have very little more, uh, than this. They have a campaign video where I think it's a practice run mm -hmm. that they recorded. But again, if, if the topics are as they said, I could see, at least if it's executed, I could see it being entertaining and, and something I could listen to. We did it, Chris. Oh, man. Well, yeah, hopefully those guys will um, see some success. I, I agree yeah. with them. Eight days to go, still $490 from their goal. I mean, $500 is, I mean, that seems like a pretty reasonable goal, mm -hmm. at least to try and get enough underlying backing for a podcast. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think it is tough when you're looking at something and not being given a little taste of it yet. Yeah. It's hard to know, um, totally what, what you're going to get at the end. Yep. Yeah. But, but we'll see. But yeah, hope, hopefully they'll, um, even if they don't, like you said, make it, hopefully they'll continue on with it because it sounds like a lot of interesting topics to discuss. And if yeah. they do so, hopefully they'll find, um, I don't know, I, I like, what what I enjoy is one just hanging out with you, man. But uh, two, Aww. I think there's a lot of personal growth in just being able to do this. Yeah, I agree. If nothing else, trying not to say um as much. Right, like listening back, <laughs> listening to the hedge words. Like I think I just used one, like, um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, and trying to figure out what kind of parts of speech that you wish you could correct in yourself. It's pretty cool. But like you said, I also get to hang out with my buddy. That's right, man. A little extra. Every two weeks. Hmm. I love you, man. Virtual hug. Oh. <laughs> it's 
cool, man. So what do we have on tap next time? All right, man. Next time is music. Uh, and I don't know what to expect uh, out of the music category, Brian. I remember uh, back, I don't remember how many episodes ago now, but we talked about digging into some of the analytics behind Kickstarter. And as I recall, music was one of the ones that had a pretty high success rate of funded yeah, projects. I remember that too. So I don't know what to expect. I mean, are a lot of those campaigns sometimes being pitched like from bands to audiences where they already right. have established audiences and right. people are excited about supporting them? Or are these bands yeah, that are trying know. to just get funding without having that audience and trying to build audience and build rapport and try and cut their first album or whatever? I don't know what to expect. I don't either. That's a really good question. We should take a bet on how many campaigns that involve, I want to start a studio. <laughs> How many do you think we're going to have? How, how many? Let me look real quick and just see how, how many, many campaigns? Yeah, campaigns there are. I thought are. it was like 500. Uh, three, 336 right now. 336. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say that there are 11. Studio. Help me start a studio. <laughs> 11. All right, man. I'm going to say 10%. You're going to go higher or lower? Ten. You're going to go 10%? Yeah, so it's about 33. 30? All right. I'm impressed. Eh. But I also don't, don't think I'm going to do the sleuthing to actually catalog go all bigger, those. Go home. Oh, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be my homework. So Will we find? Oh, yeah. I'm curious what we're going to find. Well, our listeners will find out about the same time we will. That's true. We've got a fortnight to ponder it. Yeah. And during that time, if you guys want to offer suggestions... um, we're all ears. Yeah. I'm going to find some funk death metal. Uh, I don't see that category, Brian. Ah, uh, it's a hybrid. I bet I can find it. All right. Okay. All right. You ready to get out of here? Mwah, 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 mwah. Yeah, do it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, that's all our time for today. Thanks so much for listening. Join us next time when we will be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's music category. Backers is produced by Chris Rumpf and Brian Dupuy. You can find the show notes for this episode and for our previous episodes on our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at backerspodcast or individually at Rumpfy and at Coldforged. Join us again next time, and until then, back responsibly. <laughs>